again, welcome to the Conversation from Dub podcast. I am Dub, your host. I want to tell you today about the history of lax seeds. Brought to you today by Orangina. It's got pulp. Gently shake it. So I started lax seeds. Um, I noticed that a few kids, uh, including Noah, actually, uh, wanted to play lacrosse or interested in playing lacrosse. Um, but, you know, getting into playing lacrosse is, you know, it, it's a it's a little bit of an investment. Um, like an example would be uh, our local Pop Warner um, club has rental right so your your entry into playing football is the entry fee to the to the league uh the the equipment is included (coughs) helmet pads uh pads for the pants the pants all included all right what's included when you play lacrosse in most areas uh jersey which is usually um to be quite honest a penny and it depends on how long the league runs. It could be a bullshit penny. All you leagues, step your game up. Get them subliminals. Subliminals. The primary reason I started Lax Seeds is, is I wanted to um, help grow the cross. And you can actually look on our website. It, it, you know, it's one stick. It's called One Stick at a Time. You know, it's Lax Seeds. One Stick at a Time. Um, our mission is to help grow the cross by limiting the barriers of cost and access. If a kid wants to play, we want to put a stick in their hand. That is that is the mission. Uh, um, that that's going to be the the primary focus of this. Uh, at least I thought that that was going to be the primary focus of this. But I realized that in order to tell you about lax seeds, I kind of had to tell you about um, my family's journey through lacrosse. Uh, it hasn't been a, a you know a bucket of roses this year. If you follow me on Instagram, you you will see that uh, it, there have been some successes. Also, real quick, uh, this is probably going to be a little emotional. Um, I'm going to do my very best not to cry like a girl. Um, uh, if if there are tears, I, I I hope to God the man tears, but I can't promise that it's going to be all man tears. Uh, that's not really who I am. Sometimes I cry. I don't care. Yeah. It's been an emotional year for me, uh, to watch my son put as much work in that he has put in and to come out the other side and have, um, our local area really recognize it. Um, that that's been amazing. Um, and it's, and it's no small feat to be honest with you. I'm kind of rambling on, but what, what I'm trying to tell you is that this podcast was going to be about lax seeds only. And a lot of the things that I say and a lot of things that I, that I bring to lax seeds or, that, or the, the reasons I started lax seeds are kind of like a wash if you don't understand the uh, strong emotional bond that I have to the cross now. So saying that, what I mean is, is how I'm going to, I'm going to bring you through uh, one man's, one family's journey through lacrosse. Um, it has brought me uh, an unbelievable joy. It has brought me to the, to, to <laughs> um, fisticuffs. Um, you know, I've, I'm not proud of that. Um, but through it all, it, it's helped me grow as a person. Um, and th- that's a reason why they call it the medicine game. Uh, and for every person, that medicine's different. And whether or not you believe in higher powers or not, I think that the the energy that is returned to you through the cross is undeniable. I'm going to tell you a little something. Uh, I, I think that it encapsulates it encapsulates it so well, and I. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to contact him to try to get permission to use the audio because quite frankly, uh, that, that's a lot of effort and, and, and I, I just don't, I just, <laughs> that's not, 
<laughs> you know, high effort um, on certain things is just you know paperwork, phone calls. That's not that's not going to happen. Um, if you want me to put in ten hours on a on a die, I'll I'll shit, I'll put thirty. But you ask me to make two phone calls, and you 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 might be waiting a minute. That's that's just the way it goes. There's a podcast that I'm I'm a little bit fond of, and it's called um, the name of it is the rise of charm city and it's about baltimore and it's about everything to do with baltimore i can't remember which episode it is may the you know may 16th 17th some you know maybe even earlier than that um was was the was the episode and it it was amazing um stacy brown is the is the young lady that that put that episode together and she went around in, in a, a, a wide swath of, of, of people uh, and and this is what she had to say and it, it encapsulates so much about how I felt when I came when I came to lacrosse and how much lacrosse has meant to me uh, this really encapsulates it she says you know across cultures across generations across regions Players share a few core values in common, community, family, love. To be certain, these manifest themselves differently among people from various walks of life. But as a relative lacrosse outsider, each player's expression when asked about the game was similarly beautiful to me. So, man, that that was. I got goosebumps just saying it Um, in. When when she says it, if you go, you go listen to the, the podcast, it's pretty awesome. Uh, she's she's got a cool voice. She's got one of them seventies uh, big city radio voices, you know, real smooth. Uh, I don't know why I, it sounded like I ate a cigarette just before I said that, but no, she's got a real smooth voice, and it is it is so awesome uh, the way she says that line or those those lines right there. Those blew me away. Um, and I, I had to stop. I had to stop. I had to stop the podcast because. Um, I literally was tearing up driving. Okay, so anyway, um, that's a long rambling ass intro to this to this lovely podcast. Um, but what we're going to do here is we're going to move on, and and I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, how I got involved in lacrosse and how it led me to, um, with the help, with, with a lot of help from from my son. Uh, and I will get into the, the few others that, that um, equally uh, lent more than a hand um, in, in growing uh, black seeds. So, in the year 2010, uh, no, it was in the sixth grade. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was a part of a coaching staff uh, that coached at the school. And we allowed our boys to play middle school football when they were in sixth grade spring of that year, 2011. Um, a lot of people were telling me, you know, you should let Noah play lacrosse. You should let, let Noah play lacrosse. Um, which is interesting because, uh, I did not play lacrosse. There was no lacrosse in, in my area growing up. I grew up in Illinois, um, Champaign, Illinois, city of bubbles. Um, no lacrosse, nah, lacrosse in the area. So, um, I I grew up thinking that uh, lacrosse was a a privileged sport. It was, um, it wasn't us. So, I didn't play. I never really intended for Noah to play at school. So, you know, hey, let's let's see what this is about. So, I took Noah to a. Wasn't even a preseason game. I'm not even sure what it was. I think it was just like a, a play date. They just got together to uh, our, our our school and, and another school were playing. And one of the dads said, you should should come watch it with us, get an idea of what's up. And the other thing was, is because I was a fo- football coach, um, it all also allowed me to uh, be another driver. You drive, uh, whatever. So I, I, I went on this little thing. And I think I think it was like February. Um, it was cold. I, that's all I remember. I I, I didn't like it. Um, Noah watched that game, and he watched 
And he saw that it, it incorporated all the, the things that he loved about football. Plus, you know, what's this running up and down the field, you know, throwing a ball around? This is crazy. You know, I can hit somebody with a stick. Wow. I decided to let him play. As with any kid that's starting, um, I had no idea what I'm doing. I'm, I'm asking people, what, what the, you know, what do I need? I don't even understand this. Uh, you know, somebody let me borrow a head. Somebody let me borrow um, a stick. But it allowed Noah to play right away. And, and you know, he, this first time he's ever played. Um, let's, let's see what happens. We get to the first game. We're playing Lake Norman, uh, this club team, uh, Lake Norman United. And, um, it's the middle school team. And we get to the game, they're warming up and the coach says, Hey, we need a defender because one of the starting defenders had, uh, gotten ineligible. So he couldn't play. So, hey, I need a volunteer to play long pole. Um, Noah looks down. He see, you know, he sees. He can do math. He can see that hey, man. This ain't this big long line of middies here. Uh, I'm not very good at midi. These guys are good. I'm probably not going to play. Um, you know, I'm get on the field a little bit, but I'm not going to play play. But heck, I can pick up this big pole and I can play the whole game. So, boom, he decides that's what I'm going to do, and. Uh, you know, 15 minutes before the first game he ever plays, he picks up a long pole and he's, he plays defense. He's got like three takeaways in the first half. Um, it, it was crazy. It was, it was the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen. It's like it, he truly discovered him who he was as a lacrosse player in that moment. He he's never put the long pole down since. Um, as, as like as a primary position, he's he's been a, a long pole since. Um, it kind of messed up my game because I had I had had all I got all the equipment I needed for him to play short pole. And now I needed to, to get a long pole. And by 2012, early 2012, I started stringing. Um, first off, because I was tired of asking people if they could do it for me, so I started stringing. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm able to do it. I, I looked up some videos. I watched some videos on YouTube. Uh, kind of taught me the basics of what to do, and, and it got us through. Um, by the time we roll around to his seventh grade year, uh, he's he's playing a lot. Uh, you know, he's playing on the on the uh, the school team. He's playing on the travel team. He's playing on some rec teams. So, 2013, I, I realized that man, I'm, I'm coaching football, which is almost all the time. Um, I'm I'm struggling uh, to. The, you know the commitment to, to coach high school football is is pretty pretty intense, and I I decided that I I wanted to go to all these lacrosse things too, so I decided that I'm going to um, quit my job, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna move into more of a contractor role. Uh, pretty big deal, um, pretty scary. It was. A little nerve-wracking, okay, because I'm also getting a divorce. It, it, by this time, it, it is just me and him, uh, eighth grade year. Um, we had some trouble in, in the private school, and we decided to move uh, him to a uh, the public school, and um, they didn't have lacrosse, so he ended up playing on a, on a JV team. Uh, his eighth grade year, he played on a JV team uh, for – before high school and um now now i've quit my job and and um you know to be frank you know i I just felt like i was working hard uh for a big house and i was putting a lot of hours in and i was i I was missing a lot of the things that i wanted to be there for and i had the same trouble when i when you know, before we moved out here to North Carolina, um, you know, I, I messed up a lot of things with, with, um, you know, obviously two time loser in marriage, you know, obviously I didn't do that right. Um, other things were more important to me than, than, than family. Uh, you know, that, that, that was, that was a hard thing to, to realize, you know, that you're not good at something. So <clears throat> not gonna dwell too much on that. Just know that I know that I'm not, I wasn't a good uh, father or uh, a, a good husband. So I move into the contractor role, and now it's freshman's year, freshman year. Uh, Noah plays JV his freshman year. Um, you know, 
it, it is what it is. I, uh, he, he played good. Um, I, I thought that I thought he played better than they gave him credit for. But I understand this is I, I, I was a coach first. I was a coach first and dad second when it came to this stuff. All right. Um, I, I can put the, the coach hat on and I can very easily say, OK, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I didn't understand a lot about lacrosse. You know, I, I played sports and I coached football. Uh, angles and lever- leverage is universal. And I, I tried to I tried to go to every practice uh, <clears throat> to make sure that I knew what what was going on. Um, and, and the reason why I wanted to go to every practice and, and a lot of people don't understand that they think I'm maybe a little overbearing. Maybe I'm a little too involved. Um, the, re- the reason is, is <clears throat> it's, it's twofold. One is, is I want to be able to see what what's being done and I want to be able to know what I, you know, what's being said. And I want to know how whatever you're being told is either bullshit or not bullshit. And that's coming from either the coach or my son. I wanted to know for myself, is, is that bullshit or not? Um, I was at every practice, but I didn't get involved. Um, I, I didn't want to be involved. Uh, when Noah moved to lacrosse and decided that that was going to be his primary sport, which I kind of glazed over. So moving into his freshman year, Noah decided he wasn't going to play football anymore. Uh, when we moved him into public school, he decided that that was it. He wasn't going to play football. Absolutely broke my heart. Um, I stopped coaching at that point. Obviously, I couldn't be at a school that you know, he wasn't at because then that, that's too much. Other people can do that. That wasn't what I wanted to do. The reason I quit my job, the reason I went to be a contractor, was so I could be at everything. I didn't want to miss anything. All right? You only get so many days with your kids. And, you know, I, he's, he's the baby of the family. That had a little bit of, to do with it. Um, he's my fourth kid. Um, but he was the only one that I had. Uh, all, the, all my other kids were with you know, the other mothers. You know, I, don't, I don't love him more. But he's he's who I got. And uh, I wanted to make sure that I, I made the most of that that time. So I went to everything. OK, um, so now we're starting to roll into this a little bit more, getting a little bit heavier as he moves into freshman in lacrosse. I start to do more. I'm taking him to more things. Um, I had made the decision that. After that eighth grade, you know, be, uh, rising freshman summer, that was the last summer that he was going to be with the club that he had come up with. Um, I thought that he'd reached a plateau. I'm not going to throw anybody on the bus. Uh, it, it just, it just wasn't working. I, I think that the the development phase had ended at that at that particular club for for Noah. Um, and there, a, a bunch of things happened that sucked. Okay. Um, in May, I found out that the decision I had made uh, was not a good one. In May, early May of 2014, the club that I thought Noah was going to play summer ball with sends out a letter saying that they're they're not going to do it. That, that a, a local club that was branching up into the north decided they were not going to branch into the north. Like, oh, well, that's great. So I made a bunch of phone calls, sent out a bunch of emails, which is something that I don't enjoy doing. But long story short is I, I landed in the absolute best spot for Noah. Um, as anybody that follows me on Instagram knows, Noah played, uh, wound up with the Road Warriors and with Mark Burnham. Now, uh, on a side note here, um, as I'm, I'm telling you about some of these things, uh, starting now with the, with this part of the story, I'm going to tell you a little about the recruiting trail that we went went about, and I'm also going to make some commentary about how the the it was. Um, I can say this that I all the complaints that I have about the recruiting game are kind of but there's going to be some new problems. But right now with this the new rules that they, they cannot coaches cannot talk to. Uh, prospective players until their, you know, September of their junior year. I think is an amazing rule. That's that that is awesome because every year it had gotten earlier and earlier. I mean, shit. By the time Noah got to the Road Warriors, it, it, it in essence his 
opportunity at getting um, what everybody wants is, you know, division one offer was not going to happen for his class. It just, it wasn't, it probably wasn't in the cards. We get with, with the road warriors and I, I can tell you this, that almost immediately Noah started getting better. I mean, immediately. Um, one thing that really uh, impressed me about uh, Coach Barnum was the guy is amazing. He can he can see the end of a play and he can know really what happened. He knows what would cause that, right? He's developing players. He is teaching players constantly. So, which is it, it's really the reason why Noah kept developing, and the reason why we stuck with Mark is because as much effort as you put in, he would put into making sure that you learned. Um, so 2014, the practices hadn't started yet. And strangely, no, nobody would ever, nobody worked with Noah on facing off. No one that coached really wanted to work with Noah on facing off. As a matter of fact, his first year at high school, uh, during the, like the winter months when they work out, he said, who faces off? Noah raises his hand. He goes, you're a long pole. So he immediately didn't think Noah would face off with his long pole. So that, that right there was like weird. <coughs> so uh, Noah had trained, uh, went to one little uh, clinic one time for facing off, and he loved it. He didn't want to not play LSM, but at the same time, he didn't want to not face off, right? So I, started, I did an internet search, and that's when I found uh, the Face Off Academy. And... On May 8th, 2014, we, we drove two plus hours over to Raleigh to uh, train with the Faceoff Academy for the first time. Noah learned a ton in that first first uh, session, and, and he learned that that's something that he wants to continue to, wanted to continue to do. He wanted to continue to get better. Then, you know, we travel all summer. We spend almost a month in Baltimore um, that summer uh, with the Road Warriors, come back, and... In July, he ends up going to this this camp at Berry College, and he meets Coach Gilbert for the first time. He goes up to Coach Gilbert and introduces himself and says, "Hi, I'm Noah. Um, you know, I'm really interested in coming to to um, to college here and to play." And you know, Coach looks him dead in the face and says, "You know, hey, you know, that's great. Um, you're gonna, you got you have to really work hard. You know, it's gonna be hard to get here uh, to play here." Um, Cause I mean, what you're you're a rising senior, right? And Noah looked at said, "No, coach, I'm I'm a rising sophomore." And then uh, Coach Gilbert goes, "Oh, oh, oh, okay, all right." So then he had, he had a good camp, and Barry was high on the list. And Noah really really enjoyed it. He said it felt like home to him. So um, with Mark, you know, he played box lacrosse in the in the winter, fall and winter. Um, and actual box lacrosse, not indoor lacrosse. Again, Noah's game, going through the roof, learning how to work in space with the, with a, you know, he, obviously not with a pole, but being comfortable in space allows Noah to work with his pole in confined quarters because he's comfortable. All right, so we also, Noah got a invite to the, uh, Faceoff Academy Nationals. Uh, it was, I think, it was the first or second national event that they had had. Um, and because we're from North Carolina, he's complete. He was completely unknown to anyone. He got seated uh, pretty much dead last. Faceoff Academy. They have an event every year. Uh, the first day is training uh, or refresher uh, training, and uh, college coaches look at them and then they seat them. Noah was bottom of, bottom of the bucket. Uh, he has a play in game. Or play in match. He you know he plays in. He he takes that kid. I think they had like seven different face offs before they finally got the best of the five. Right. So he beats that kid to get the opportunity to go against the only committed kid uh, into the 2017s that year. Yeah. So pretty much, I think he uh, lost in three. 
boom, he's out. All right. So that's his first, his first event. Um, didn't go well, but you know, whatever it, it was, it was about the experience. Right. So then we have, uh, the end of December going into the new year. Uh, we go down to Dick's nationals. Now at the, Mark had, uh, had decided that uh, he was going to take the younger team at that time. I think they're the 2018s. And then he was going to have a combined 2016, 17 team. So, uh, um, it wound up being, I think five natives from Syracuse area and, uh, the rest were Charlotte boys. We have this mosh pit of, of kids and they never had a practice either. They never had one practice together before it. So we get there, we're trying to, he, he's putting in an offense in a, in a, in a slide package. Um, the first game, man, it was, it was not a mess, but it was, it was rough. And, but they won. Um, but they started to get a little better. Just before the next game, they, they, you know, they realized, you know, we got three poles, uh, th- three LSMs. So Noah, after that first game, never picked up his long pole again. He played uh, defensive midi the, the entire tournament after that. And I think that's the spirit of what happened. Guys that normally were scorers, you know, maybe turned into feeders and we played into everyone's strengths and everyone played their role and everyone, not only did everyone play their role, everyone accepted and played their role. And because of that, they rolled through this tournament. They absolutely rolled through it and they won. Uh, they won, they won it all. All right. So now going into Noah's sophomore year, going into that, that year, uh, we, some, some things, I, I felt like some things needed to change. Okay. So I, I thought that Noah was, I thought, I thought Noah was dedicated to the cross, but I think that, that we were, we were spinning our wheels and, and I, I started seeing, uh, you know, am I doing this for me? Because I think this was what he wants or is this what he wants? Right. So it was when we got the invitation to nationals is what it was. I knew that he was, I was going to send him to Dick's and I knew that we were doing box lacrosse, but the workouts and stuff, he didn't really want to know. It's not that he didn't want to run. I mean, who wants to run? But I just felt like I, we don't have a plan, okay? So we uh, we sat down and I told Noah that I needed to. I wanted him to 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 write down what he wanted from the cross and what he wanted from school. You know what was his goals and those things. So he wrote the, those things down. Wrote down yearly goals. You know what he was going to accomplish this year in school. What was going to accomplish going into college, you know, like long term, longer term stuff. So he wrote those things down. And when it came to school and when it came to lacrosse, I looked at both. Okay, this is this is our plan. These are your goals. These are not, you know, right. These, these aren't what you think I want you to do. So we had that discussion. And bottom line is I wanted this to be what he wanted to do. So took his goals and I came up with a plan to get there. And that plan involved some hard work on his part because a goal without a plan is a wish. We came up with this contract and the contract basically was, is these are the things you need to do to get to where you want it to be. These are your goals. And then that's, that's the important piece there is I'm going to push him to get to his goals. I'm not going to push him to get to where I want him to be. It's not even important because matter of fact, where I want him to be is where it are his goals. Now that that's where I want him to be. Now this contract was to, you know, basically flesh out what he wanted. Um, and then I, I came up with a plan to get there. So we signed it together and the deal was this is that, Hey, if, if you don't do these things to get you to these places, then I'm going to go back to work and I'm going to go work full time. No love loss. I'm just not going to pay all this money to have you go to all these national events. If that's, I'm not, I mean, I'm not in my glory, right? This isn't, I'm not doing this for my future. 
Um, they're fun activities, but it's costing a lot of money. And I, if it's not what you want, then we we don't need to, we don't need to spend that money. So that's what we did before uh, sophomore year. You know, going into a sophomore year, and and I and I think it helped. I think it helped focus him. Uh, it got us to where we we knew what he wanted. Beginning of his sophomore year, um, he started working out at school. You know, with um, with the school team, and he also started working out at a at a local um, workout place. You know, the guy came up with stuff, and it was it was a group of like nine or ten of them that that worked out at that place. Um, but I basically would I would get I would go pick him up from that. And we would drive to South Charlotte, which is like 40 minutes, 40 minutes to an hour. We drive all the way down to South Charlotte a couple times a week to work with Mark. Uh, sometimes it was individual. Sometimes it was a group, you know, a small group. But it, def- it wasn't like a, a full-on practice. And we practiced till it got dark. And then, then we'd <laughs> sometimes work on, you know, he'd work on some face-off stuff, uh, working on hand speed. Um, working on different clamp techniques uh, after it got dark, you know, under the literally under uh, under a street light. Then we then we drive the hour back. We did that at least three times a week. Um, you couple that with the summer travel between uh, sophomore and junior years is rising junior year, and couple that with the you know the Dix trip, the the uh, the trip to the the faceoff nationals. Uh, that calendar year, we drove more than twenty thousand miles together. Crazy, I mean, we—it was nuts. Yeah, so I mean, we, we felt like we had we, we had a solid uh, foundation of what what he was trying to accomplish. So, sophomore year, uh, you know, uh, he was he, he played a little varsity. It ended up being his, uh, you know, a different head coach now. And, um, you know, he played in a few varsity games, but he was never uh, allowed to be on the varsity full time. Um, that was the that was the year that was the hardest for me. Uh, I had just got over and accepted it. And then, you know, even Mark said, no, nah, I don't understand that. So it, it didn't help. Right. It, it was tough. Yeah. I, I didn't think he was, you know, ready to step on a college field and play. But I thought he was good enough to play on a, a mediocre sub 500 uh, uh, varsity team, which is what they were. Um, so, yeah, whatever. That It didn't work out. So summer 2015, we started traveling. You know, we travel all over again. Uh, back with the Road Warriors. 20,000 miles, man. It was crazy. Um, that summer, you know, I, started, I handed out a couple of sticks here and there. You know, um, that's when I started noticing that people were not wanting to play or, or giving up lacrosse because they, they didn't have a stick or, and they were embarrassed about it or, you know, whatever. They, maybe they, were, they wanted to try the game. Uh, they just didn't know how. You know, that's when I, I started giving out sticks. You know, I'm, a, I'm an equipment junkie. Uh, I'm a gadget junkie. So well, after, when I was stringing sticks, I started getting better, started doing things. Uh, you know, I acquired some, some sticks. So through that, you know, I wound up giving some of those away. Okay, so now it starts to get a little trouble. It gets a little gets a little wonky. All right. During all this travel, um, I, I had I lost my contract. Um, I yeah, it's. It's it, it sucked. Um, it was in July 2015. I, I lost my contract with my with the, the company I was working uh, with. So now I, I don't I don't have a job, and I've been a contractor for you know two three years four years at this point. I couldn't really go on unemployment because I was a contractor. Um, so I got no money coming in. pretty rough one advantage is just before Noah's freshman year is I traded with my ex-wife I gave her the uh, the house we traded and then I, I took I took a small apartment I did that 
kind of because I wanted to be mobile. I, I was thinking about moving high schools for Noah, lowered my bills and allowed me the fle- more flexibility. But then, you know, July 2015, that that ended because uh, I, don't, I don't have a job now. What am I going to do? Uh, I figured, you know, keep on keeping on. Right. Well, we'll just keep keep going. It's not going to be great, but we'll get there. So, you know, I found some little bit of work here and there. Um, you know, friends helped out with, with, you know, some food here and there. Uh, took out some loans here and there. In October of that year, um, the house, uh, my ex sold the house, so I got a good chunk of money from that. That helped uh, support us, you know, pay off some of the stuff that I wasn't dead for. And it, you know, it, uh, it allowed us to float for another couple months. Um, so November in, uh, November uh, of that year, 2015, um, we had decided how, you know, we were, we were starting to do the, uh, prospect camps at the universities that he was interested in. Um, we had scheduled a few, um, throughout all this process, Noah had stayed in contact with coach Gilbert here and there. Um, let him know what his summer schedule was going to be, where he'd be, things of that nature. And, you know, November 15th, you know, he had been invited to come down to the uh, prospect camp, which, side note, uh, not all prospect camps are equal, okay? There's some prospect camps that are moneymakers. It's really hard to know. It is really hard to know. Um, My suggestion is to you know, search the internet, you know, search social networks about dimensions, about people going to different prospect camps. If a university has, you know, three, 300 kids at a prospect camp, man, that ain't a prospect camp. That that's a, that's an event that that's a, that's a money-making uh, proposition. You, you're not gonna be able to evaluate 500 kids with one coaching staff. That's ridiculous. I don't want to mention the university, but there's a local one that ends up having runs about 10 of them a year, 10, 10 prospect camps a year for three, 400 kids each dude. That that's not a, that's not a fucking prospect camp. Anyway, my point is, is uh, Barry's is a prospect camp. One of the first things that coach Gilbert told the parents and the players was if you're at this event, you are a prospect. Um, you're here for a reason. You're here because either uh, they're interested in you and they want you to come there uh, and they want you to see what the university is like. Uh, they saw you and they wanted to see more, more of you and they wanted to coach you um, or, you know, somewhere in between those. The idea is that you are a prospect. They wanted to see more about you. They wanted you to see more about them. See if you if you have fit. Okay, so we went down there and <laughs> it's really kind of crazy because no one never doubted that that's where he was going to um, go, really, to be honest. I think that he he listened to some of the other offers that were being made, but I think that his heart really wanted to go. He wanted to go to Barry. And we were discussing how, how to handle it because um, he had... Uh, he had gotten an invite to Nike's blue chip. That was one of his goals is be invited to Nike blue chip. That, that was a big deal. And he was going to be in the Nike blue chip the very next weekend. Uh, after Barry big headed and weird as we were at the time, we're probably thinking ourselves, we're thinking ourselves that, you know, he's going to get a lot of offers at Nike. That was, that was the idea. Now he did get offers at Nike blue chip. Um, that was kind of amazing. Actually, he got quite a few, but in the end it didn't matter because even though we came into Barry thinking that we're not, we're not going to commit, he's, he's not going to commit. Okay. So by halfway through the morning, I'm trying to get Noah's attention. Cause I'm like, dude, you, man, if they ask, just commit. This place is great. And he's wanting to tell me that. And it, it was it was a funny moment. We looked at each other for his lunch. And he went, I, "Commit, yes, go." All right, that was what was said. That's a quote. It was crazy. Um, 
at Gilbert's prospect camp, he hung back because every kid gets to talk to Coach Gilbert before they leave. Coach Gilbert lets them know what they can do to get, you know, get the admission process started, um, what you need to do to get better, uh, what, uh, you know, is, are they still interested in you, um, et cetera. So we kind of went last. And we wound, everybody got about five minutes. Uh, we wound up talking to Coach Gilbert for like 20 minutes. And um, Noah, Noah looked in his eyes, shook his hand, and said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming here, Coach. And it, it, was, it was a great moment. Um, it really was. Uh, we're driving home. We, we stopped and we ate. And then we're, we're, we're going to come home. The first person Noah wants to tell is Mark. Say, yeah, do it, man. Texting. He texts him and uh Mark Mark went crazy. Um I think Mark was happier than I was, which was uh, a pretty amazing, amazing thing. Okay, so then, you know, we go next weekend, we wind up going to blue chip, but now he's got no he's got no worries. He's got no, no nothing. He can just play. And he played his ass off and it was awesome. Uh, we got a few offers out of that. Um you know, going into December, uh, we went to the FOA Nationals again. Uh, this time, he really does well. He winds up finishing in the Sweet 16 of the 2017s. There were more than 50, 60 guys. It was the biggest class uh, that year. And, you know, top 16 it was pretty cool. Um, one of the last things I'm able to do with him is take him to, to the the face-off academy nationals i i ran out of money up there um it was it was pretty pretty intense um the drive home was um pretty scary uh wasn't sure if i was gonna have enough money to get us home um so that was uh that was the beginning of december I wound up, I got another contract, um, you know, a little one here and there, you know, a couple, a couple of those type of things. Um, I, I we didn't really have a, uh, a big Christmas, um, that year. Uh, we're coming off the, the highs of all the offers that he had gotten. Um, and the, the crazy thing is, is that, uh, I was, I, you know, I had less than no money. Right. But it was the happiest we'd ever been as a, as a as a unit uh, it's pretty funny um it tells you a lot about money you know it, it can buy distraction it can't buy happy that, that that's also one of the interesting things I, I told noah just the other day is um that christmas I, I i didn't have the one thing that i had bought him hadn't come yet and I didn't have anything to give him on Christmas Day. But one the thing that I gave him, and this is a whole nother podcast, but I gave him the gift of poverty. And uh, it put a lot of things in perspective. Uh, it, it really did. Um, but it, anywho, on the uh, around the 23rd of January, um, actually, it was early early January. There was a contest. Uh, I can't remember who who put it on, but it was um, do a replica of Kyle Harrison's head or his a replica of his pocket. So I, I did it, and I was pleasantly surprised at how well the thing threw. It uh, it had use in it, um, so it wasn't going to be college legal, but. A youth player definitely could use it at that time, uh, and it threw. It was money. I mean, the thing was awesome. On the twenty third, I decided that I was going to. I was influenced by, uh, you know, Lou was doing something. Uh, Florida Lacks Connection. He was doing something, uh, trying to raise money for some clinics, and I was inspired by that. And. Um, you know, if if you're a longtime follower of me on Instagram, you know you, my my pre one K uh, brethren, you know what I'm talking about. I, I 
I actively do not want, did not want followers. I still really don't, to be honest with you. I enjoyed uh, having less than a thousand. Why? I don't know. Uh, I feel when I have so many followers, I got to explain too much and I have to, <laughs> you know, or, or risk a risk backlash. And maybe it's good for me because it, it forces me to, to uh, at least think out the crazy shit I say before I say it. But it, it definitely wasn't, it's not something I, I enjoyed. Uh, and I never ran contests. Um, the only times that my, that you've had to quote unquote follow me in order to win a contest. I, I didn't really know that you were supposed to, I didn't know that going into the agreement that I made with somebody. So I, I never did anything to gain followers. So I didn't want to do a contest that got me more followers. I was actually trying to lose followers. So, um, uh, I decided that I was going to do a contest for the head. The idea was is that you weren't going to win it. The contest was you were going to nominate a kid that deserved to get it. Okay. Um, I, I, I just thought that it would be neat to kind of raise awareness of let's give away a head together. You know, the community, we're going to get, we're all going to decide that this kid deserves it. Let's give it to him. Now, you know, that in hindsight, that wasn't the best plan because truthfully, 70% of the equipment that's given away is given away anonymously. Uh, the people just aren't comfortable with it, with, with, um, everyone knowing that they got a lax seed head. Um, that's why I don't dye all of the lax seed heads. I don't brand anything lax seeds. Uh, when I give it away for that reason, um, is, is that there's some people have a stigma with asking for help and I get that. So I'm, I'm respectful of that. So, but anyway, the contest was is nominate a kid you think deserves this and let's, let's give it away. And in the, in the post for the contest, I said, um, also I'm a, I'm a single dad and I you know, have less than no money. So if you're somebody that would like to contribute to this little project by providing a handle to round out this head, let me know. I have a few extra heads. Uh, if there is enough interest, I may continue to do this. And if you don't know someone, spread the word. I'm sure someone knows someone that could use a new head. There is no wrong reason to deserve this, but there will be a reason that gets it. Okay. I post that within the hour. Neil from uh, Cardinal lacrosse, you know, hits me up and I have a few handles and I believe another head, uh, coming my way. I mean, Within the hour of posting that, by the end of the day, I, I honestly, I, I think it was something around, I think it was over a thousand dollars worth of equipment was headed towards, uh, towards my house. And I'm not talking like, oh yeah, I'm going to send you something because there was lots of those. It was, here's the tracking number. These guys blew me away with their with their generosity and their passion uh, <clears throat> with their passion for this project that they didn't even know where it was going. They just saw that it was a, a good idea. So the very next day, the 26th, I decided that there, there was something, there was something to this and it was something I wanted to do a lot of. Because it made me feel really, really good. I mean, it, it made me feel amazing that this was going to happen. So that day, you know, I'm unemployed anyway. Uh, that day, uh, I shut down the, the Xbox a little early. And I started working on a logo and a website. And Lack Seeds was born. On the 27th, I announced it. It was... It was... Uh, it was surreal. It was, it was something, it was, it, it made me feel, um, it made me feel positive, right? It, ma it made me feel like I was doing something, um, rather than just yelling at a, at a game. Uh, I felt like I was, I was becoming a part of, 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 of this community in, in a way that wasn't just materialistically showing uh, that I can string a stick that, hey, look what else I got. 
I was making a difference, I felt. So, not even, you know, a day later, 28th, 29th, I was having conversations with Lou, Florida Lacks Connection, about joining forces. Um, he, he, he was trying to get some uh, free clinics started, and he thought that it would, you know, the Lacks Seeds banner, that would be, it would be good for both of us. It would be good to have a, a mutual thing, mutual banner to fly. So on the 30th, I announced that, you know, I'll be, <laughs> we'll be joining Lax Seeds. I jumped the gun a little bit on it, you know, put a little pressure on him. But, hey, it, it's, it, it was pretty cool. Um, then, you know, through, through the high school season, um, I, I gave away quite a few sticks. Um, it, it was starting to get to be a thing. I was getting regular deliveries of stuff in, in, the, in the mail. Now, what, what you also have to realize is that I was unemployed. You, okay. You'll notice that uh, I, I do hashtag 10 a lot. And there's hashtag 10 on the, on the, the mini sticks that I, I did um, as a fundraiser for Lax, Lax Seeds. And the reason that I did that is I had, you know, like 30 bucks, 20, 30 bucks um, to my name when I started Lax Seeds. And after buying the domain name, paying the place that I was going to house it, um, I had $10. In the bank when I started Black Seeds. After I started Black Seeds, ten dollars, ten dollars to my name. And at that particular moment in time, I had no idea where the next piece of money was going to come from. I mean, I had no idea. Um, I was looking at being evicted from my apartment. I was uh, days. Maybe maybe weeks away from losing my car. Uh, financially, on the very precipice of, of <laughs> financially, I was on the precipice of a clusterfuck. Uh, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any prospects of money. Um, and and I just started a charity. So, to commemorate that. I put hashtag 10 on a lot of things to represent the $10. So, and even though, you know, I, I'm technically the founder, uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Noah. Me and Noah discussed everything uh, about it. He thought it was a great idea. He, he, he's been instrumental in, in giving out the sticks. He's been the one So yeah, let's do this. Let's give this out. We don't use it. Let's give it out. Um, that was before we even started Lack Seats. So when it came to giving out these sticks, um, you, okay. So, um, I did, I did find a job shortly after that, uh, in March, actually I started my job. It was, it was towards the end, end of March, but I didn't get paid for almost a month because of the way it was on a two week schedule and you know, there's overlap and then they keep back as check. So it wound up being almost a month before I got my first check. Um, it was really, really rough. It was, it was a really rough time. I was coming, having to come up with, with gas money to get all the way to the you know South end of Charlotte every day. And I don't have, I don't have money, man. I don't have any money. So where, where it got interesting was we were sending out so many sticks that, you know, some tough decisions had to be made. Um, there were many, many days that I had to ask Noah, Noah, are we going we to have hamburger meat with our ramen noodles? Um, or 
are we just going to have ramen noodles? And is a kid going to get a stick? And that's really what the choices ended up being. Is a, is a kid going to get a stick today? Or are we going to eat meat? And I, I had those discussions with my son. Uh, he, he wasn't, he was uh, 17 at the time. And, you know, he, he, he was a fucking man, you know. And I'm not going to say that every day a kid got a stick that asked for one. There are some days that I just couldn't afford to send them out. Uh, but with that, I, I came up with the concept. Well, anyway, come up with the concept. It crystallized. The, the concept crystallized of the right thing to do is always the right thing to do. And I think about that. The right thing to do is always the right thing to do. Okay, so the right thing to do was that kid needs a stick. The right thing to do is give him a stick. We have a stick. The right thing to do is give him a stick. It's very easy to say, I'm hungry. <laughs> so I didn't do the right thing or that's you know the right things to eat. Right. And then we give ourselves the, the, the other, you know. I, I could have given the stick because I, I knew I was hungry. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't give the. <clears throat> I couldn't give the kid a stick because I was hungry, and that's fine. That that's an answer. I was hungry, or I needed. I I, I didn't have any money. Those are okay, those are okay things to say. Those, but they're not. They don't take away from the right thing. Right, the right thing to do was still there. You just, I, I, for one reason or another, you didn't do it. Right now, it, it was something that I had been working on in my head because uh, of trying to make some points with with my son and, and really uh, make. <clears throat> there, there are decisions that you make in your life that that you have to live with, <laughs> right? And you have to decide what the right thing to do is. You have to decide if you're going to do that right thing. But it never takes away from what the right thing was to do. And I've said this to people and I've seen it in their face and I've watched them go, yeah, come on. But, you know, really, I mean, uh, no, really, that that that's one of the things that I think is bringing the United States down is that, you know, there's entitlement. But then there's entitlement has now. uh skewed what we think is right and wrong because if you don't want to do it it's it, you still don't look at it like you did the wrong thing or you it's not that you didn't do the right thing right it's well i i had to do this or i wanted to do this or i didn't have the money to do that or you know whatever the fuck the excuse is the end of the day is you still didn't do it it didn't take away from the the, the right thing so that was that was the lesson in in the, in the poverty <laughs> was the being poor doesn't take away from the right thing to do. It just removes you from the ability to do it, but doesn't mean that it, it excuses you from doing the right thing. And that, that was where the choices came from is, you know, trying to decide whether or not we're going to eat and live with ourselves that we're, eating meat and the kid didn't get to play because we, we knew how important it was because right alright so uh, yeah so there you go so I mean we we we, uh, we made the tough decisions we made you know I, I wasn't able to send uh, sticks out to everybody that I wanted to or gave a stick out to somebody that uh, you know if they were local, they got a stick a lot of times because I, there wasn't shipping involved. But, uh, you know, first year, Black Seeds, I mean, I spent a ton on shipping out of my own pocket. Um, Black Seeds didn't bring in enough money to do it, so I did it. Um, that's, that's the way it went. Uh, June of 2016, Dave, smash, smash time. Dave, leave me out of the smashies constantly. Uh, smash time, Schwartz. 
Uh, yeah. My man left me out of Smash Can you believe that? It's messed up. But yeah, he joined. Uh, he's our Texas, our Texas guy. Yeah, so Dave joined in June. By the end of August 2016, um, Lax had introduced the, the game of lacrosse to over 2,000 kids. You know, via you know via um, loose clinics, and we'd given away over 100 sticks, and that was just our you know first six months. Um, I thought that was pretty crazy. It was it was a pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing. All right, I'm gonna stop here for a second, and then and then I'm gonna pick this up tomorrow. <laughs>